Hi, everybody. It's three. Ah, what? No. <laughs> it's 308 Christ Episode Pod. <laughs> that. Sure. Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's episode. It's PodQuest episode 383. I am just not all there are, today. Are you okay? It's, are you having a stroke right now? I don't know. But I do, do you know. smell burnt toast? I don't. I do know, though. It's Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. I am Chris. With me is Druton. I think he's okay, Richie. I think we're good. And Walnut. Yep, yep. He's he's probably okay, but um, I got that shit back sh- on track. The the AI we, we has should... rebooted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's there was a, there was a glitch. It figured itself out. We're good now. We should probably so. have Erica go check on him though. There there was a a comment in in the code. It just it it got everything messed up. We're good now. <laughs> We're good. Well, you're keeping uh, all that in. You know that, right? Ah, I might as well. I didn't really stop correctly, so it'll just be easier. Yep. Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, I guess oh, yeah. better than you. <laughs> you know what? I'm not. I'm a little tired today, but otherwise not bad. It was one of those like weird like. Yeah. I start. I started today with no work. I finished today with thirty some odd tickets. So mm, nice. Of just like yeah. all weird random, and it wasn't even like escalations. It was just like a lot of random weird bullshit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sounds like Christmas time. People just yeah. don't know what they're doing. Yeah, pretty much. And then you know tomorrow will probably be the same, and God willing, Friday will be quiet. Yeah. Probably then not. Next week is just packed. I do, so I'm off the week between Christmas and New Year. So all of the stuff I would have had to do that week got moved to the week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so makes sense. I, makes I barely sense. have time to breathe the week before Christmas. Uh, learn to not breathe. That's how you die. No, I'm I'm sure there's people out there that know how to not breathe or to just breathe less. I mean, you can oh. definitely breathe less. It's not good for you. But not breathing, if you're a like living thing on the planet Earth, you you generally die. Aren't there like monks or something like that that don't breathe every like that only breathe like every six months or something like that? No, I think I'm like sure. there are definitely there are definitely people that can hold their breath and slow their breathing dramatically. But yeah, you, yeah, you definitely yeah. need oxygen to to live. No, do that, do that, do the hold your breath thing. Because if you don't have time to breathe, just hold your breath. Maybe maybe that you'll be able to go super fast with like super speed because you slowed everything else down. That's not how that works. I don't know. Barry Allen slows everything down. No, he just goes very fast. Does he go very fast, or does he just slow everything down? Well, I guess it depends. If we're talking the CW and every other version of the Flash, he goes very fast. But I, if I remember correctly, the 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 Snyderverse version actually slows everything else down. Isn't that uh, the I case? Think, uh, I'm, I mean, I think it's kind of relative. It's like relative to Barry. Like he slows everything down, but every he everyone else he goes super fast. No, like he has so. said, like he is moving at super speed. So to him, everything seems slower, but yeah. he is moving at super speed. He is not yeah. slowing anything down. Because he's able to control his breathing. The still force <laughs> slows everything down. Yo, I just, the still force, come on now. I know that's a legit thing, but I just, and, come on. And it it's used by a villain called the turtle. Is it really? Yeah. I like that they did that better. In last season, than using having it like a villain thing. Yeah, it wasn't bad the way they did it, but like yeah. I think we talked about it when when you were catching up. Like they could have done it much better than they did. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. But you know what? Let's let's get into the the stuff. Um, we went to Pax Unplugged this past weekend. Yes, we did. We sure did. We, we we played a lot of games, met a lot of people, did some things. It was a long weekend. Yeah, it was. I'm still exhausted. Yeah, but you you went so Drew. I got a message from Richie because I, I had sent him something on, uh, I guess, Sunday. Uh-huh. I got a message from him at like 8 o'clock at night as a response, followed up by, 
Yeah, I basically got home and I've been asleep ever since. <laughs> yeah. And he left the convention at like one in the afternoon. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I can't remember what time I got home. Doesn't mean it's still not exhausting and I'm not still exhausted. Look, that's the pretty much the most I've been out of a house in a year and a half, two years. You need to get out more, man. See the world. I mean, there's this thing called a pandemic like, that's also, happening still. Also, hold on. You went to fucking Ohio for like a week. like uh, Out he, of eight. And he out slept of, for four days and, after that. <laughs> I li- But I went to Ohio. Yeah, I went to Ohio for a week and I went to the 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 Pittsburgh game and the Cleveland game and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Saturday and Sunday and then stayed at somebody's house from Monday through Thursday and basically did nothing. And then went to the uh, the Reds game on that Friday and then drove home. I didn't say it's the longest I've been out of my house. I said it's the longest I've been out of a house in two years. I mean, you were yeah. still out of a house longer from in the drives total. So Look, it's the longest I've been in public, <laughs> okay? Stop nitpicking. It, it's, it's a convention. It was Honestly, it was a lot more nerve-wracking being at a convention than it was at a baseball game because they're outdoors. See, I wasn't I, – I didn't mind being at the convention. It was fine. I mean, you, you've, you've also been to several other conventions this past year. I haven't. And I'm, I've been super cautious with COVID and everything. So for me, it's still a little nerve-wracking. Ah, you're fine. Oh, you've got a cough, man. Oh, that's just allergies. Sure it is. Sure. I can still smell and taste things, so I'm good. I mean, maybe you're just one of those lucky people who didn't lose sense of smell and taste. That's possible. And frankly, if I was going to be exposed, it would definitely be at one of my shitty clients. Yeah. But it was, anyway, with PAX, it was, it was a, a, a swell time. Um, before we get into anything, I guess I got to throw a uh, shout out to Jacob who, um, we opened up our, uh, or I opened up my, like, uh, the booster box, the, the board game booster box. And, um, after I opened it up, he turned around to us and was like, Hey, you guys want these games? I already have them. I got them last year in a booster box. And so he gave us the games. Um, so thanks Jacob. You're the best. And we played one of them. We did. Uh, uh, the, the, Five Seals of Magic, I believe is what it's called. It was um, definitely something Seals in Magic. It was. It, a, it is. It was an interesting little game. It is. It's. It was. It was actually. It was fun. It took a little bit to like understand fully and to like get into setup. Might have taken a little bit, but it was also first time setup. Um, but it was. It was a fun game. I. I enjoyed it. I plan on playing it more. Um, and maybe giving a better explanation on it in the future. Um. But yeah, it was. I appreciate you, Jacob, for giving us those games. I think he also gave me Viceroy. I believe is the other one. Yeah, it was. Um, it was whatever with the smaller box. Yeah, uh, and but, those what, those little booster boxes are, are are cool though. Like you don't always get like the like the best games ever in them, but like you get what it's four games for fifty bucks. The games are usually worth more than fifty altogether, and the proceeds all go to Toys for Tots. Yeah, I think it's like a minimum of four games. You could get more depending on, it's essentially, it's a minimum of four games and a minimum of $50 in that box, but like it could be worth $150, $200, if not more, depending on the box and the games. Um, so like if you got, if you had, you, you might have, like, I think I got five games in mine. Um, because oh, did you? I thought some, you only had the four too. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. I might have only had four, but I think last year I got five. I can't remember though. Um, but it's, it's just, it's dependent on how much, maybe there is a minimum price set, uh, that's higher than 50, 
but like it's like a minimum price set of how many how much the games will be worth in there and if it's not worth that much they throw in like smaller games as well like smaller card games and stuff uh but it is it, it's it's one of the cool things because it's uh fifty dollars that you pay goes to charity and i think every box that you buy also does something for toys for tots as well as the money that you spend i think it's just the money but so that company um i and god i'm drawing a blank on the name of the company uh but the company that does the booster boxes also sells like like games like they make that everdell game yeah and what they started doing this past year was with the pandemic they started doing all of their online sales a portion of that went to toys for tots also because they weren't they weren't at shows to sell the booster boxes so they actually took that and rolled that into convention sales so anything they sold at the convention um outside of the booster boxes also a portion of the, that went to toys for tots yeah yeah i wish i could remember the name of the company I'm trying yeah, to I find just, it i thought i thought i i had it saved but i think i have like a picture of it somewhere but i have a lot of them and it would take a while to to figure it out uh i i mean i i it's not Starling Games, which is the first thing that shows up on board game on BGG board game geek. Uh, yeah, so they might not be the people that make that game; they just might be one of the people that sells it. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's one of the publishers. I'm saying um, was that one, but yeah, it was. It was. It's that's a neat thing that they do. I really, I really like that they do that. I try to. Uh, I didn't do it the first two years, but last year and this year and every year moving forward, I'm going to just buy a box, see what I get. If I get something I already have, I'll probably do the same thing as Jacob and just give it away. Um, if I if I get something I don't already have, then I'm gonna keep it and try it and play it. And yeah, enjoy. why not, right? Uh, Tabletop Tycoon is the company that makes uh, sells the booster boxes. Thank you. I knew it had the name Tabletop in it. I could not remember what the rest of the name was. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I'm trying to see if they are more than just like a reseller. Oh, they're an independent game publisher from New Hampshire. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but other than, like, the booster boxes, did you guys, like, see or play anything that particularly, uh, stuck with you? Uh, I mean, the stuff that kind of stuck with me more was seeing stuff in the, um, pub room, where they had people, like, playtesting games coming to either, like, are going up on Kickstarter soon, or already up on Kickstarter, and, like, just looking for feedback on how to make it better. Like, uh, oh, hold on, I have the business cards for... A couple of them. Where did it? Right there. Uh, one was um, outrun the uh, outrun the bear. Okay. Um, it was a silly little one to seven player game that uh, you're trying to outrun a bear for while you were camping in a park, and oh, here comes a bear. Y'all have to outrun the bear. But the whole uh, proverb about outrunning a bear is you just have to not be the slowest one. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little card game. You would play cards that either make you move spaces, or you could set down cards that, like, basically act like trap cards from Yu-Gi-Oh, where once something happens, you then flip it and go, haha, I tripped you, now I move forward a space, you stay here, or whatever. Mm, and okay. the, the art was really, not, really, really cute in it. Um, so yeah, that was neat. And then on Sunday, like, right before we left, went back in there and checked out a game from TSP Studios called Privateer, where um, you're controlling drones, and the minis they had for these were, like, super cool-looking, like, futuristic war drone things. Mm -hmm. And it was on a hex map, 
and there would be tokens for uh like four objectives that you would put down blindly like you wouldn't know which number objective it was and you and the other person would grab a token put it down and then you're drawing a mission card that you have to go complete the mission the private mission you have while there's also a public mission and it'll be things like go have a drone on objective one with no enemy drones around it or something okay and the movement was all based on these 12 sided were they 12 sided dice come on man you should know just you should know the size of the dice just like they were really small and like custom made for this game because they all had either one two or three pips on a side oh okay but they weren't six-sided dice they might have been eight i think they were eight honestly but this guy knowing what the name of the little dots on the freaking dice you don't don't know they're called pips jeez no come on i know about the only thing i know about a pip is a pip boy from fallout man i'm pretty sure you may be one of three people in the world drew that know that they're called pips we were at a board game convention i bet 80 percent of the people there you you know what that's your that's your assignment for for uh pax unplugged 2022 is to survey as many people as you can (laughs) and ask them what the little dots on the dice are called don't give them it's not a like it's, it's not a multiple choice they either know it or they don't. So if they don't know it and they give a stupid answer, you say they don't know it. If they know it and then they say it, then they know it. And there you go. All Best right. blind study ever. But also keep in mind, a lot of the dice they sell at PAX, it's got the actual numerals on them. A, a, lot, yeah. a lot of dice do have the numbers on them nowadays. Because like, all the dice they sell there are for like our tabletop RPGs, which actually just have numbers on them most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be pretty obnoxious to have like a twenty sided die with um like <laughs> just little yeah. little fucking, fucking dots on it. Imagine how twenty hash marks on it or something like that. That'd be a huge twenty sided die yeah, in order about to fit to say, all that. You'd in have there. to have a real big die. Yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of big die, um, did you guys see there was a booth that was selling like some of like the the extra large? I guess they were hundred sided die. Mm-hmm. I've, I've um, seen those all over the place. So they had two different types there. They had. Ones that were kind of like plastic looking that just, they were about the size and weight of a golf ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had metal ones that were like solid fucking metal that were also about the size of a golf ball, um, but probably weighed a good two pounds. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. And it was literally like if you put it, and they, they, they also sold little like bags, like little like drawstring bags that you could keep the dice in that they sold. Like if you put one of them into one of those bags and just swung it, You'd fucking knock some teeth out. This is, look, we're we're not trying to teach people how to knock teeth out. Come on, Cobb. You keep that just, to yourself. I'm just saying. That thing was a weapon it, in is, the wrong is it, hands. Is it real steel? Uh, like, like, were they allowed to sell it at anime conventions or not? <laughs> That's a good question. Huh. I mean, I think I think you could always sell real swords at anime conventions. You just were not allowed to carry it around with you. Like, you, Once you bought it, you'd have to take it out of the dealer's room or something. At least at Otakon. Yeah, and I think most of those swords were dull bladed anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that unpub room was kind of cool looking. Like, like yeah. walking through there and seeing some of the stuff. Like, the only thing that we really stopped and looked at while I was there was that um that like bounce back game, uh, Bungie. I think it was called. I actually had the business card sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bungie. That was yeah. Game. That game. That 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 game is fun. It's 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 basically um uh beer pong, but with it, it's quarters, not beer pong. It's quarters. But it's by yourself, and not bouncing it off a table, you bounce it off an actual, like, pitch-back bungee net. Um, yeah, it's 
perfect for people like Rich that that want to play drinking games but don't have anyone to play them with. Exactly, mm-hmm. especially during the pandemic when we're having virtual parties. Like, it'd be like, hey guys, I'm going to play this drinking game. Who wants to join me? And no one has to join me. I can just play it myself. It's like every time I get one in a cup, you all drink. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, it is, it's, it's unfortunate I didn't get, get around to like checking out more of those side rooms. I was really mostly in the main exhibit hall. Like, I didn't even, uh, I honestly didn't know where it was until, or no, I, I found it on Saturday, but like, I didn't even get around to go into like the, the RPG rooms or anything like that, just to, like, walk around and talk with people. Yeah, I was going to ask, because I, I know you had mentioned wanting to do that, but I wasn't sure if you ever actually got around to it. Yeah, I, I really wanted to, but it's just, like, I had such packed days with, with meeting with some of the developers and stuff. I mean, it wasn't really that packed. It was only, like, two or three meetings each day, or one to three meetings each day, but it's just, like, going and doing all that stuff, and then also trying to uh, uh, view the convention itself and and. and and see other exhibits that exhibitors that I didn't actually um, like have a, a correspondence with. Like it's just my days were very full at that in in the in the main hall than anything else. Yeah. So outside of um, the game that we all saw together, is there anything you can or want to talk about from some of those meetings you had? Uh, so there there are there are uh, a bunch of um, uh, games that I can talk about. There's actually. We have the scoop on a super secret game that I'm not allowed to talk about. I'm not going to talk about that until later, but I, it, I'm sure it's fine that I say that we have the scoop on a game that we should get uh, press media for in the future. Um, but I spoke with, um, what is, what was their name? I should, I, I have my bag. Well, Eric has my bag actually, cause he had a bunch of board games he took home with him. Um, and, but I left the book back at home, uh, Trying to remember the name of the company right now, and I apologize. I was not super. Re- I was not a hundred percent ready for 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 this. And for me asking, job. for me asking you about them, or for you <laughs> having taken notes while you were at them. Uh, all of the above. I actually didn't really take a lot of notes. The only problem I have is with remembering the name of the company. Besides that, uh, and that's it's the only that's the company I want to talk about right now. It's the only company I can't remember its name of. You probably have um, an email for them. I'm I'm going through my emails. Uh, Look at your see. sent email. Um, let's see. Well, while, while you're trying to figure out that, um, Drew, did you buy? Did, did you and Sarah buy any games? Uh yes, we bought uh, SRG Super Show. The oh right, that wrestling one that that Richie got into also that mm-hmm. is is taking Richie one step closer to being a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah bought one of the booster box things and. I don't remember all what was in there. Uh, she also bought Space Cats Fight Fascists or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay. forget the exact name of it. And then a game that we tried out uh, called... I'm going to double check, but I believe it's called Holy, H-O-L-I. Um, yes. Uh, it's called Holy Festival of Colors. Um, oh, I've, you, I've seen that one. If you, like, I know which game you're talking about. Yeah, like, it's a three-tiered game board, and you get cards that have three colored squares on it, and then some also have a flower symbol, and those colored spots are where you throw your color on the board, and you're trying to get most of your color, uh, have the most color on the board, essentially. Uh, The ones that have no flower, you pick one of the three spots, and that's where 
you are and then you put the color in the other two the one where there is the little flower symbol that's where you are and then you put your color in the three spots in relation to where you are and then like you can throw it your color on the other people and you get points for that and you can climb up but once you climb up you can't go back down but if you also if you throw color on a higher tier because it's worth more points to have colors on the higher tiers but if there's no color below it your color just falls down to the lowest level it can fall to so like you could try to climb up real fast but you might just still be throwing things on the first floor even if you're on the third yeah i saw like because they had that game set up and you could like demo it and i saw it a few times i'm like oh that looks that looks different yeah it was neat yeah we um erica also got one of the the boxes and I unfortunately don't remember the name of the game we played, but we did play like this. Um, it was a card game. It was super like quick to play. It was basically um, you shuffle the cards, you each draw three, and you just play cards. And whatever that card value is worth, you get that like point essentially. And the first person to get twenty points wins. And the cards all just have different text on them, where some cards will remove other cards from play. Some cards will give you extra points based on what else is in play. There are some cards that let you do things like um like play a card from the discard pile or something like that. So that like there's it's not just like whoever goes first has the best chance of winning. It's like there's like that little bit of strategy to it, but it's not too intense that um it takes hours. Like I think we played around in like 15 or 20 minutes. Gotcha. Yeah, it was neat. neat. I we also bought um uh Pandemic Legacy season 1. Okay. Which is that's one of those legacy games, um, and I know Rich said that that he wants to come play it because he's never been able to play a legacy game before. I've I've never been able to play a legacy game straight through. Like I've I've either like taken over someone's spot in one, or like Dragonfire is kind of a legacy game, but I've never actually um, been able to get past the first level because that one or the first game mode because that one's just stupid hard. Yeah, well, when we start this one up, probably in January, I'll let you know. But th- did you find the name of that company? Yes. So uh, I, I spoke with a, a handful of companies. Uh, the first one I spoke with uh, or met with was uh, Forever Stoked Creative. They're a New Hampshire-based uh, 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 development uh, company. Um, I believe how they call what they call themselves. But they work on a bunch of different games. Um, they are uh, a a design and development studio primarily focused on making rad games is really like, it's the the top line of like their main website. Um, some of the games that they've worked on are, uh, there was a game called life siphon fantasy ranch, Dirk gently's, uh, holistic detective agency. Um, they didn't really have a lot of these games that are listed on their website there. Um, but they did, uh, send like a really cool, um, or give me a really cool, like press packet with, um, they had the game most cutest there. Which was basically, it's a card game with pictures of a bunch of really adorable animals. And so they gave me the, like, the demo version of the game. And, um, basically somebody draws a couple of cards, they decide on their own which one is the cutest, and then you all have to argue with which one you think that person is choosing is the most cute. So, like, he, when he was showing it to us, um, there was one of the, one of them was named, like, Hamburger. And I was like, well, that's the cutest. Any animal named after a food is definitely the cutest. So then he pulls, goes through the deck and finds all the animals named after food and made me make the hard choice. Uh, which one of them ended up being a, uh, uh, a red panda. 
And so I was like, well, it's Red Panda. They're, they're the best. Um, they're also working on the new Cyanide and Happiness game. I didn't really get to play test that. That is coming out in the future. They're still developing it and workshopping it. So it's not even... Like, there's not really any announcements on it yet. Okay. But they are working on it. Um, they also had this game that I'm super stoked about. That I really want to get. It had some, had some of the best looking um, miniatures that I've ever seen in a game. And you hear me vamping like this because I can't remember right now. I have to look it up. Um, Man, way to come just completely ill-prepared. <laughs> Seriously. Uh oh it's 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 one of those crazy names that like you just it's it's hard to remember. Um I could have sworn I got a picture of it. Uh Aldera Reborn is what it's called. Um that too is also it's not out yet. It is uh going to be on Kickstarter in a few months, I believe. But it's this uh airship hexagonal style battle game. Um and like the miniatures for this are so beautiful and so well done. And apparently it's, like, based off of an RPG that they work on, like a tabletop RPG that they work on. And they had on display uh, some of, like, the large creatures that you can fight in this RPG with these, like, airships. And it's just, like, it looked really cool and really awesome. Um, and then they also said, showed us that uh, they're working on another game called, uh, I believe it was called Bad Werewolf, uh, where he did all the art for it. Uh, the guy's name is Matt that I spoke with. He said he did all the art for it, and he's not a good artist. But it's just one of those, like, um... <laughs> and, he, and he's not a good artist. Like, one of the cards was, like, a raccoon. And so it has the card description at the bottom. And then, like, the raccoon itself is off-center. And it looks like one of those, like, cats that a kid would try to draw, where all four legs are on the front. And, like, it was it was not good. But it was I, mean, well, I don't know what you're talking about. That's exactly how raccoons look. All their legs are on the front. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I, I didn't get a picture of that one, uh, but he was super excited about it. That one is also in the works coming out soon, uh, as well as they are, um, they are the only people who were getting and, and, uh, releasing in the United States, the game Blocko Taco, which is, um, like a puzzler type game where you, uh, it's only available overseas at the moment, I believe in, uh, Oh, uh, in the, in, in, uh, like, China, Japan and stuff, where you get this, um, uh, taco that is, uh, uh, like, 8-bit, basically. It's, it's just made out of blocks. And the idea of the game is to put together all the food items that you can that are showing outside of the taco, and all the food items are made of different blocks in some way, shape, or form that you have to, like, kind of place to show. You could just throw everything in there, but you're not going to get as many points as if you were, like, showing the lettuce coming out of the taco and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for, uh, Forever So Creative, they were just some really cool people, some really cool guys. Um, and they just, they have, they have a lot coming out, uh, in the, in the future. I'm going to make sure to follow their socials. They actually don't have an Instagram, which is wild to me. Oh, yeah, um, that is kind of crazy. Yeah, they, I believe they might have, they should have a Facebook. But they don't have an Instagram, which is just it, it blows my mind. Yeah, I feel um, like I feel like you're more likely to get traction with Instagram than you are with Facebook nowadays. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you think when so? I was looking, uh, Instagram, yeah, you you can get a lot more. Not maybe not more than with Facebook, but like maybe more than with like Twitter. Now the the Facebook algorithm is so fucked that unless you're paying for it, like your shit's not I mean, being seen. So is Instagram. 
Facebook I mean, owns Instagram. Like you're not wrong. It's probably the same exact same. Oh, algorithm. No, the, the 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 Instagram algorithm is also garbage. Um, but you also have more people have left Facebook in general than have left Instagram. Like there are a lot of people that just stopped using Facebook because there's nothing good about Facebook. At least Instagram, you occasionally find like funny pictures. But it, Facebook it also... has 500 million more users. <laughs> Okay, this is not an argument about Facebook, fellas. But just say it. They're also they're also not as active, not really active on Facebook that much. Yeah. So and- uh, I, I I'll have to reach out to them further. Just be like, hey, uh, let them know who I was. But they, like they, they what they were working on, what they had at the show was really cool. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see more from them. I also got to speak with um the these are I don't know if you saw the emails for them it was uh Wise Wizard Games they uh were the ones that were talking about um the the Magic the Gathering people okay um they were uh the the the, the two that are there I believe it was uh Debbie uh is who I met with and can't remember the gentleman's name. I didn't really speak with him. They're like they were like champion or former champions of Magic the Gathering. They loved Magic the Gathering, so they create a bunch of different kinds of card games. They were originally White Wizard games, but have changed to Wise Wizard games um, for branding reasons. She said she didn't really give me a full uh, uh, reasoning as to why, which is fine. I don't need it. Um, but she. Uh, Let's see. She she gave actually gave me a couple copies of some games. She gave me a copy of Star Realms, which is a sci-fi space deck builder game, and a copy of Epic Duels, which is a like a battle TCG game. But if you were to go out and buy these packs for this game, it's not random. It's so if you go to buy a booster pack, it's always going to be the same cards in that booster pack. So it's none of the actual like what am I going to get in in a TCG game. As much as it's just a battle card game. Uh, okay. Though, both of those I, I haven't gotten a chance to try out, but but I'm super interested in them. I love deck-building card games, so I cannot wait to try it out. I'm trying to see who I spoke with next. Uh, I believe his name was Chris from Inside Up. Yes. Uh, in, I spoke with Inside Up Games. I need to reach out to them, because they actually did not have any more press packets when I did speak with them. Um, and... Uh, they were just some really cool guys. They had a bunch of different games there. They had um, uh, Seven Souls, I believe, was one of them, uh, where it's like a, a, a piratey game. They had uh, Ancient Civilizations City Builder, which you guys know I love city building games and sim games, like video games. So I was just like, I want to try this. I want to play this. Didn't get a chance to try it. Um, they have a, uh, a, a zombie western game, um, uh, which just seems stupid but fun. Uh, like, like you're, it's like you're, you're fighting each other, but then you also have the, 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 um, the threat of the zombies as well. It's called the quick and the undead. Okay. Um, that's a good name. Yeah. Yes. And then they had this game called summit, which, um, I unfortunately didn't really talk to them about it. It didn't really pique my interest as much. Um, but, uh, the, the creator of summit was there and was super excited about it. They're just, again, like some super really cool guys. That I spoke with um, there. Eric talked with the creator of Summit, and it's just like, like again, just a really cool like interaction with this development team. Um, they also have this game Gorus Maximus, which was also like a a player versus player card game that's easy to travel with. Um, it, like you can you can take it easily, take it like uh, it's a small box that like can condense itself even smaller, which is really nice. And, and it's pretty cool. 
the last, besides the one that we were all at, the last one I spoke with was uh, Solace. Um, let me make sure I'm getting them correct. Uh, it is Solace Game Studios. I spoke with Chris Solace. The the the, the I guess he he owns Solace Game Studios. Uh, they create the game. I don't know if you guys saw it called Pocket Paragons, where it I've, is. I've seen the name. Yeah, like it, it's it's they have the booth is just Pocket Paragons. I actually wanted to get around, get over and buy a copy, but I spent too much money on Pokemon cards, um, and so I didn't have the money to get an actual copy. But I did get at one point. I was just walking down the 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 the, the aisle, and they were like, "Here, here, have have a free booster pack." And then they gave, ended up giving me a secondary set when I spoke with them. And it's kind of, um, the way they, they explain it is like, it's pretty much a fighting game. Or it's the, it's a card game in the style of a fighting game, but you don't have a lot of cards. You maybe have total 10. And it, um, the, the goal of the game is to get the opponent down below 10 health. Um, and if you do that, but you can, Either hurt them to, to take their health down. Your your abilities have different effects based on the card. So there's like a kind of a Rochambeau like gambit st- system that they have going there. Um, or say your character uh, once you use your card, you discard it. If you're trying to get more cards, you have to rest. If you get attacked with a specific card while resting, you discard your rest card and you're done. Game's over. Okay. Um. So it's it, it has a little bit of a strategy, but it's like. Again, it's a small number of cards, and like each pack came with like five, like probably six heroes to play with, and they're all interchangeable and all like you can try, you can fight each hero with any different pack, and like it, it's it was a really cool and simple card game that you could just easily pick up, and it's not a lot of explanation and not really too too much. There is some strategy, but not like too too much. It's kind of just like trying to. It's essentially trying to figure out how to card count and remember what they used and what they're not going to use. Um, certain certain characters have more uh, more powerful abilities while others don't. Um, and so he was able to, like, he took me down from 10 health to, like, 4 health in, in two rounds uh, because, like, he knew the cards better and he was doing this ability that did extra damage over and over and over. Whereas I, I didn't really know the cards, but I ended up beating him because I took out his uh, rest card. Um, I still have to email him and reach out to him because uh, he wants to set us up on uh, their media list. Again, just my overall experience was just like meeting some really cool, excited to, to, to talk to new people, developers. And like I, I, I feel like I did have one poor experience with a developer. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to shit on them. I'm just gonna say it was kind of just like not really that great of an experience, so we'll just go buy it. Like I'm not I'm not gonna talk about the game that much at all, at least publicly. Talk to you guys about it, but not not to anybody else. Yeah, that's that's fair. Stop playing with the foil. I can't help it. There's stuff in front of me now. I have to touch things. Yeah, stop um, it. <laughs> I also uh, well when you asked earlier, uh, like any games or things that we saw that uh, like caught our eye, there were a couple of others that did catch my eye. Uh, one, it was uh, from development team called, I think, it, Board Game Tables, I think it was. Um, do I still have, I don't have it open. To, uh, yeah, I believe the team is like Board Game Tables where they make board game tables, but they also make board games as well. Okay. And and so some of the games, you might have seen them, you might have heard, uh, uh, like, Walk by them. They were actually right next to the Board Game Tycoon booth. 
And uh, last year, I don't know if you guys played the game on tour, where it was like you were the um, you were the touring um, uh, uh, rock band or whatever. And you oh, were I remember. To, like, yeah, I remember yeah, that. They, from- they make they make that game, or at least publish it. They also have a couple of others like Bites, where like your your aunts uh, who are uh, eating food left over from people who had a picnic. Is that like the trail um, game where it's like a trail of like pieces of food and you're supposed to like yes collect like similar ones and then land on that tier or something like that? Yes, yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's that was a neat little game. I that I, one, I saw that one. Uh, I I actually played that uh, when I went to Ohio. They they owned it. Um, then there was a Mountain Goats game which was Eric and Audra played and it was easy, really easy to pick up. Where it's essentially you roll the dice and I think it's like you have three die. And depending on the numbers, you can move your goat up the mountain, uh, up the cards uh, equal to that number. So say you have like a three, a six, and a two, you can either move the mountain goat up, goat up to the three, mountain goat up to the two, mountain goat up to the six, or move the mountain goat up to the nine, or the eight, or the five. Like you can combine them, but I don't think you can split them in half, so you couldn't do like three threes with the six, if you get what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. 100% sure on that. But, like, they, they just had some really cool, fun, like, family-style games that are, like, the kids kids can play it. They might not understand fully the strategy for it, but they can play it. Um, but me and Eric on uh, Saturday, or on Sunday, played Kabuto Sumo, which was this really cool game. Uh, the, the, the board itself is, um, is like an elevated cardboard um, base. And you each place your own little, like, bug sumo wrestler on the board. And then a bunch of little circles all around it. Then you guys have to take turns going back and forth, pushing more circles to try to knock both additional circles off to get more ammo, as well as their little bug off as well. And uh, each, um, each, like, bug, you, each bug, like, has its own special abilities. So, like, the one I had, I had to sacrifice a couple of tokens and i get a special one that i can place on the board and anytime that special one gets knocked off it comes back to me whereas like eric could sacrifice he was able to every round use two tokens at once instead of just a single one uh i was able to like if our tokens if our little bugs were touching i was able to steal a token away from him and stuff like that and it was just uh, it was it was a fun game it was nice and simple uh and again like that whole studio the whole um uh, a board game tables or uh, a studio it was just like very kid friendly games that like are also fun for adults. Which those are always like the fun ones. Yeah. And then the the last thing I saw that I got super excited about uh, was on Sunday with Eric, and it was this uh, tower defense like game that uh, was called Cloudspire. I actually spoke to them about getting put on press release informations for it. And it's essentially a combination tower defense MOBA board game where, like, each turn it can be up to four players. The The goal is to move them forward and, and, and kill the enemies and take their token, take their little mobs as, like, victory points and then maybe, if you can, just defeat their, um, their main town. Like, it was just really cool and the whole placemat was... This, like, nice little, like, rubbery fabric. I don't really know what the, it's called. Um, but part of the game, uh, co- the game, like, when you buy it, comes with these uh, additional little pieces that you can throw on the placemat 
that'll make the game look different each time. So you have this one generic mat, and then you can throw a couple of these little uh, three hex pieces down to make it look a little different. And like the, uh, they they didn't have a lot of detail in in uh, like the pieces because they're all basically like large um, poker chips with artwork on them, and the artwork looked good. But it's just overall like the game just looked really fun. Um, and, and what was and that? I was going through my my pictures to look more at the artwork for the game, and I had a video mixed. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you can get. You could pay extra to get, like, an actual tower for one of your, like, guard towers. And, like, it goes over top your little tokens for... It's just... It's really cool. And the artwork on the tokens was really nice. Um, but, yeah, I just... I had such a good time just meeting with developers this this year. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what other games that, like, we saw that kind of stood out. Um, Erica bought this game called Last Girl. Or Final Girl. Mm-hmm. Final Girl, not Last Girl. That's... It's, like, it's a horror game movie trope like of the final girl in a horror movie it's actually it's a single player board game is is it like one two x amount of players or is it just always single player it's only meant to be single player so the you could in theory play like co-op with somebody but it would literally just be like two people kind of like sitting next to each other like making the the choices together it wouldn't be like each of you has a character you're playing sort of thing gotcha um but it's it has one of the coolest boxes I think I've ever seen. Um, the whole so the box is basically the the board also. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those magnet seal boxes, and okay. the top and the bottom when you open it actually peel completely away from like the the plastic insides that hold all the other pieces and become parts of the board. And like one side is like one thing, the other side's the other thing. It in, it includes like the character and the map and all this stuff. And then, like, inside the the case itself is, like, your pieces and your cards and stuff. It was just a very, very cool modular box that, like, you don't see often. Mm -hmm. Um, Also seems like a super complicated game. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On, I guess it was, I want to say she bought that Saturday. And she, like, set it all up on Saturday and, like, was trying to figure it out. But we thought it would be one of those games that you could play on, like like, a tray table. Um, and you definitely either need, like, a full table or, like, multiple tray tables to really lay everything out to mm-hmm. wrap your head around it. But it okay. was still, it it still looks like it's going to be a pretty cool game once she has time to, like, sit down and, like, figure it out. Uh, we also purchased that, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the name, it it was that time travel game. Rich, I think you were there when we saw that. Yeah, I, I was there the first day when, when me, you, knew, and Eric and Aldra saw it. Erica wasn't there when, when, when I was... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it was that one where, like, you can move your... It looks like a chessboard, but you can move your pieces. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I picked up that game because that game just seemed neat. Uh, I already said Pandemic Legacy. Bought a couple of other games um, that are going to be Christmas presents, um, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to mention those. Oh, didn't really demo anything this year. Just... It, it was odd. Like, there were... There were definitely less booths this year. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, there was a whole section of the floor that was just blocked off, not in use. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there were fewer places that were, like, large-scale demoing than there have been in the past. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Like, I, I demoed um, uh, Everdell, and that was that was really fun. Um, before I even started demoing it, I wanted to say to everyone, but didn't, uh, that I play a lot of uh, Timberborn. So I got this game under wraps. Uh, but I was losing bad. Thank God we ended that early. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, there were there weren't really most most places I was I was going up to and walking up to. They weren't really demoing the games as much as just telling you about them and explaining it. And it might have been maybe a cautionary result of COVID, where it's like they don't want people a lot of people touching things. But I I did see a lot of booths of people demoing things. It's just it took forever and like. And people were there for long times because they were demoing like a full game or whatever and, and whatnot. Um, there was this game that I was super interested in it was called like uh, a Night's Watch, I believe, or something like that. Which the idea is like a D and D group adventure group is taking their long rest and they a night during their Night's Watch stuff happens. And like I wanted to demo that, but every time I walked by that booth, it was just pop. And and that's that's like my main experience with it this year was. Because everything was so tight and in, and like kind of felt like in closer quarters than before. And there were less, um, uh, exhibitors, like that it just, things were taking longer. So it took, you weren't able to really have those big displays to show and, and demo the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. And I wish that they would have, like, I understand they probably didn't want to use all this, the floor to make it look a little more, um, full, full. of, yeah, mm-hmm. but, like, I do wish they would have used some more of that floor just to spread things out a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Because on, uh, like, Friday it wasn't that big a deal, and Sunday wasn't as much either, but Saturday it was fucking packed, man. Like, it, I had to I had to go around the building in order to enter and find a different entrance, and I got there at, what, 10.30, 11 o'clock? Like, I didn't get there too, yeah. too late. And, and it was packed, it was wrapped around the corner to get in. It was like that was when for me I was like probably at my most overwhelmed was because of how packed it was that day. Um That's fair. And that, I, I will say, like, having gone to a few other conventions, they did not do a bad job with it. Like it's not like no. it was so crowded that you couldn't get around. Um the lines weren't unbearable. Like Sunday I had to wait in line to get in, but like the wait was like thirty seconds and it wasn't really like a line like like a line line. Like it wasn't like a waiting line, it was just to get into the convention center, you had to go up an escalator, and there yeah. were a lot of people waiting to just simply step onto the escalator, but it was a yeah. constant stream, just one of those, like, that stream went outside and around the, the corner of the building. Yeah, and that, that's probably, that's really what I saw on on uh, Saturday, and on Sunday, I, I going up into the uh, convention center, I came from the gallery, and, like, just, I, 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 Yes, I cut in line kind of just to get in to get onto the escalator. I didn't see how how long the line was when I was going in, but it was literally like just at ten o'clock or just a little after ten o'clock when 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 we were getting there. I think. Um, and it, yeah, they did they did they did do a good job. Like Eric actually had to get a new um, wristband because he cut his off because he wasn't sure if he was going to be back. So oh, yeah. he had to get he had to get a new wristband. And he got within seconds. Like I I was. I was through um the 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 bag check or the 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 metal detectors and by the time I got through the metal detectors he was already pretty much done. And so yeah, they had it quick and 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 it was very efficient and and very uh very nice that they were able to do it that way. Like I'm I'm glad I went and picked up my badge on Thursday, but I'm also happy that like if I hadn't I wouldn't have had that big of an endeavor to get everything on Saturday on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but is was there any anything like any 
anything else that you guys went and attended or uh, any stories from the wives of things they went and attended that uh, you guys want to talk about? Uh, well, Drew, well, you went to a lot of panels. Yeah, well, before I get to the panel, Sarah and I did play one more game that I almost forgot about. Uh, there was a game called Co-op. It's K-O with an umlaut hyphen O with a slash through it P. It is uh, building Ikea furniture is the joke of the game. Like Okay. So you get uh, two cards. Each person, it's a two-player game. Each person gets two cards, uh, and they're half of a thing to build. And you each pick one and put them down, and then there's always in the middle a, a dark hex. Uh, it's all you put hexagons together to build the thing, and there's always a dark hex, which is the middle piece, which whatever the first card someone put, whoever goes first puts down, is the middle piece. And there will either be blank sides or sides with pluses or sides with minuses. And, like, you have to match up blanks to blanks and then pluses to minuses. Okay. And you have to make the shape of the hexagons that you've put together on your card. But you're also... Each of you has a card with uh, different things you need out of your relationship. Either gifts, words of uh, endearment, quality time, things like that. So you're trying to tell the person of the... I believe it's three cards they have per round to build the object that you're trying to build. Like, which of those things are things that you need from the relationship? So, it it was cute. It's a goofy little thing with good artwork that definitely looks like it would be Ikea artwork. (laughs) And then, like, all the names of the things were, like, it would each be half of, like, building a word like togetherness or whatever like dumb things like that but so like you might wind up with things that sound real dumb and weird like ikea furniture because you wouldn't necessarily get those two actual things i think one time sarah and i actually picked things that like made a real word but most of the times it was just random consonants and vowels (laughs) um but yeah then also we checked out a number of panels mostly comedy stuff um there was um, uh, wrong answers only, bad advice from good DMs, which just it was a bunch of people who DM games on Twitch or whatever, giving joke answers to like real questions, like what's the best advice you ever got about being a DM? And someone said, kill the players, meaning the actual people, not the characters. <laughs> yeah, but also like it, it was a lot of fun just all of them like almost weirding each other out with some of their answers being like because it (laughs) seemed like a lot of them have known each other for a while so it was always like whoa okay you got dark real fast (laughs) like they're always the best answers yeah one guy told a story about how he made his players afraid of the color red for like three months (laughs) like and that was a real story from him dming like he made the players just afraid of red. That's didn't actually, you know yeah. what? Good on them. Yeah, right? Didn't explain how, but he did, apparently. And um, we also went to the Improvised Postmortem, which is a panel Pat Bear has, does at, like, every PAX, which uh, it's about doing a postmortem about game they developed, but it's a fake game, like Mousetrap, but, like, for real, or, what you know, whatever 
tons of dumb names of games he sourced from the internet. And he had the two developers of Inhuman Condition, I think it was called. It was that it was in like the middle of the uh, expo floor area where they I'm had. I'm pretty sure I saw it. They had a booth where people would have on headphones, and I don't know exactly what was going on, but apparently that game is about proving whether or not you're a robot. Nice. Um, and that panel was really funny. Pat Bear is very funny. Nice. Any, oh. any, any, anything, any others, or uh, any, any stories from the wife that you want to talk about with the panels? Um, uh, she also went to uh, Bria Iyengar. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I. I her I wanted panel to go to that panel first thing on Friday and said that was very good. I I really wanted to go to that, um, but I just I got there probably twenty minutes to a half hour into the panel, and I was just like, like I didn't want to be that guy showing up late and then not really knowing what they're talking about. And I like in my experience, I've never actually had an enjoyable time at a Q and A panel, and I assumed that that's probably what most of it would have been. So I just decided not to go. Yeah, cause you you got there at the same time I did, and we got there, like, right at 10.30. Yeah, and, and, and like, if I had gotten there earlier, then maybe I would have gone. Um, I think I got there a little bit later than 10.30, or no. No, we, yeah, no, we literally we walked in the door at we 10.30. Did. We did, we walked in the door at 10.30. Um, but I also assumed that maybe it was, like, going to be packed, or there's going to be a lot of people there, because it was the summer of Abria. Like, she had so many things come out this summer, and she just fucking blew up. And like mm-hmm. she's a great DM, she's a great game master, and and um like she she's a cool person, and and so like I wouldn't have been surprised if I wouldn't have been able to even get into the panel. It would have been that bad. Mm-hmm. Well, you should have just gotten up on time. It's not getting up on time that was the problem. It was the fact that the trains were running every half hour when the day before they were running every ten minutes. Gotta check that shit online, man. I mean, if you check it online, it would have said every it would have said every ten minutes. No, they they had the um altered schedule. Did they? Mm-hmm. I yeah. I would I would check and I wouldn't see it online, but I so you, I wouldn't. You go, have to actually I, click on the the link for like the specific day and everything. Like it, it it's not the the clearest thing, but it was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did want to go to that panel, and but honestly, I I've I, I've been burned by too many panels going to like Oticon and shit that like I just I can't. I don't find interest in panels anymore. I, I kind of wish I did stay for the um, acquisitions uh, gameplay or the acquisitions playthrough just to see how ridiculous that would have been. Um, they usually stream those. You might be able to just watch it off of the I, PAX Twitches. I probably could. I'd have to go check that out. Um, but I like it. I, I wish I would have done that like before today, uh, before we recorded to be able to talk about it. Because I believe Xavier Woods was, was doing that one, I think. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he had a couple of panels, right? You, you, did you talk about... You, you didn't go to it, did you? No. Uh, and as far as I saw, the only panel he was in wound up being that. Yeah, because it looks like they may have canceled that Up, Up, Down, Down panel that wasn't... Like, it was in the book, but it wasn't on the app. Yeah, because I imagine those books get printed way ahead of time. Yeah, definitely. And um, actually, I'm in the... It, I'm going to guess in the in-between of when the panel got submitted and then PAX, uh, Woods has actually been in a dispute with WWE over Up, Up, Down, Down. And I think, like, literally last week just came back to Up, Up, Down, Down. Oh. I don't think he had done anything on the channel for, like, four months. Oh, wow. Damn. 
Well, but, uh, they fired all his friends that were on the fucking channel with him. Oh, I didn't know that. Pretty much. Man, fucking wrestling. Rich, aren't you excited? You're almost you're almost a fan. I am nowhere near a fan. I don't know, man. You're almost a fan. I am not. I just that card game was fun. It really was. And and maybe they like they sold it really well too. Um but it was it was fun. And and that's why I got it. Um and then they, they also they were really good salesmen and kept selling me on the but wait, there's more type of talk with getting me to spend more and more on it. <laughs> now Drew, wouldn't wouldn't you say that wrestling is also fun? It is. It it is it is not. Oh, it is not. It very much is. And it, it very it, much is not. It was two months that Woods hadn't done anything on the channel. Oh wow. Until actually uh last week he did a live stream from G four and then did something yesterday, apparently. But that was after like before they used to post like multiple things a week and then he went two months without touching the channel. Yeah, I guess if you if you fire all the people that uh did stuff with him, there's less of a reason to want to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially when he's also working at G4. Yep. Uh, and that uh, the chess game that you were talking about earlier, Cobb, is called "That Time You Killed Me." Okay, thank you. I knew it had I, the I knew it had like that time in it, but I couldn't remember what the rest of it was. And uh, apparently, it's got some secret rules and shit. But oh. Like, so based on what they explained to us there, like th- if that's like the basic rules, and uh, according to Eric, um. Yeah, there's there's one where it says like don't open this. Uh, there there's a card apparently that says do not open under any circumstances ever. Yeah, no, it's they they put that pouch. in. Yeah, they put that in, like in our bags, like when you buy it. Yeah, and then there's other ones where it's like if you uh, if you complete this objective or this this achievement, then then like there's added extra rules or something like that. Apparently, uh, he's he's so excited to play it. That game was fun. Uh, it was interesting. Poor Eric just doesn't have anyone to play it with. He's got his wife. And she doesn't he, like games. At some point. No, she doesn't. Exactly. Uh, um, do you, you guys want to talk about Jurassic Park, though? Yeah, so um, they had the Jurassic Park Kickstarter, which, uh, Cobb, if you remember, like put the little link to it or something down below. Yeah. Uh, or in the in the description. Um, there, there's a Jurassic Park Legacy game Kickstarter. I believe it, they said February, right? Am I getting that wrong? March. Or is it already start March? Um, that they had the actual prototype or the actual game there. Um, and it's called and, Jurassic Park, the legacy of Isla Nublar. Yes. And, uh, so they were, they were shown it off only to press. Like, you could go check it out. They were doing demos and, 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 and like, like kind of walkthroughs only to press. And, uh, we were able to get a time slot in to talk to them about it. Uh, it is a Funko Games game, which, um, I puts they even talked about it there like it's a double edged sword having the name Funko on it but they make their own games they're not like they're not all pops like Funko is more than just pops and so so they are so the people making the game are Prospero Hall who yeah make board games um they are now a part of Funko games so yeah. like Funko well, they, brought in a team that actually knows how to make games they they are Funko games. They're not a part. They are they were like Funko bought Prospero games and turned them into Funko. They still have the name Prospero Hall also. Do they? Yes. Um and so they they, they walked us through like the 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 basic idea of Yeah, Rich, the... hang on real quick. Um I'm looking at the box art. The box literally says a game by Prospero Hall. Okay. okay. So, um but they um they 
they brought us through the like the basic idea of the game, the legacy, where it takes place uh, pre Jurassic Park one all the way through Jurassic World two. Um, they don't have anything for Jurassic World three because spoilers, and that movie's not out yet. Um, but it's the legacy of Island Nublar, and so if you just take into consideration what happened at the end of Jurassic World two. You don't really have to worry about having Jurassic World three as part of the legacy. Um, and the the one of the really cool things that they showed with us or, or, or talked to us about it was that as a legacy game, they uh, they give you a trial uh, or or like a demo session essentially in the game itself, where the first time you play it is, is essentially a session zero, where you're just learning the game and none of your choices stick. During that session, that first gameplay session. And it's that one is you, replayable also. Yeah, it is replayable as many times as you want. And so you can keep doing it until you get the, um, the, the, the outcome that you want, which, like, whatever the outcome is that you want, it does stick. So there are things that stick, but you can keep redoing it until you get what you want out of this outcome of this, uh, of this session one, which is a really important thing in, in a lot of, uh, legacy games, because if somebody goes into a legacy game not really understanding how to play or what they're doing, and you're, you're, there's a high chance you're probably gonna fail the first time you play it. Like, with Pandemic, I've played the, uh, or Pandemic Legacy, I've played Pandemic so many times that I know how to play the base game that I should be good with Pandemic Legacy Session 1. But beyond that, like, I don't really know what's going on, but somebody who's new, who's never played Pandemic Legacy, wouldn't fully understand it, and so they might not fully grasp, and their decisions might negatively affect the team because that is a team team based game. That it is. Um, I thought I thought this game looked like it's going to be really cool though. Like, oh yeah, kind of. It, it's part of it is you're designing the the island, so like you're deciding mm-hmm. where like a visitor center goes, where your your lab goes. Um, it's got the characters from the movies, so um, Hammond is there. Um. I can't think of the scientist's name, but the scientist Wu, is it Wu? Uh, yes, Doctor Doctor Wu, I believe. Yeah, so they're um, just it's got a, a a lot of the characters from the different movies are, are there. Um, didn't look like there was any Chris Pratt, but that might just be be in the module they were showing us because they were just showing us the uh the template module, the the replayable one. And and that's that's the thing, like they were showing us the session zero, whereas like as the game moves forward, more characters might be added. So you might get, uh, I believe, like, you, you, you would get Dr. Grant, you would get Ellie, you would get, uh, um, Malcolm, um, eventually probably Chris Pratt. You might even have the fucking kids at some point, and then your characters are possibly also going to die. So, potentially during the portion of the game that is Jurassic Park 1, um, the, the, the guy who gets killed by the raptors and says, clever girl, like, He's going to die during that, and you're probably not going to be able to play as him after that point. You might. He, maybe he doesn't die. Maybe you manage yeah. to keep him alive. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's an alternate world, but uh, who, we'll have to see. Um, and that's the cool thing is like they're they're like they had all the packs for the game, but they're like we're only showing you the base model. Like everything else is spoilers because this is like a legacy game is a like. It's it's a story. It's it's a game that you're playing throughout the course of twelve sessions or whatever, or however long it takes. And you're some things you're going to get, some things you're not. Depends on the outcome of the previous games and 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 what progresses. So, like for instance, possibly with Pandemic Legacy that you got, Cobb, 
if maybe one of the viruses takes hold and mutates faster than the other, then maybe we have a different kind of virus going on in the game when we're playing it, like moving forward after a certain point. Like, I, I know a little bit of spoilers with the Pandemic Legacy, not a lot. Um, and so, and, and I'm not going to tell you is what they are, because it's that's part of the, like, the fun of the game is like, oh, what are we going to get next? What's going to come next? And one cool thing that they did is, like, with the game, after you play all the sessions, they have a module at the end where it's just pretty much, you get to open the rest of the box, you get to see what's in there, and you get to play it as many times as you can. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, because, like, it, yeah. it is going to be an expensive game. Um, I believe they said it was 120 Yeah, 120 or 130 something like that. Um, actually, you know what? I'm looking at the, the this article right now. It's going to be 120 So, like, that's a lot of money for a board game, especially a board game that you could theoretically only play once, because that's how those legacy games usually go. Yeah. But ha- knowing that you have that session zero, and when you finish, you can just keep going with it also... That's like mm-hmm. that's that's a little reassuring. It's like okay, so for 120 bucks, like it's not just a one time. Like once I get through yeah, the 12 yeah. sessions, it's it's done. And that's that's a problem with say Pandemic Legacy is once you get through the the, the gameplay. So I believe with Pandemic Legacy, it's um you play for every month throughout the year, but you get to redo each month like t- two or three times. So like after the third time, you move forward to the next month, no matter what, with all the same outcomes of like everything still sticks. So like if you fail the month the first time, whatever happens still sticks, but you get to try the month one or two more times. But after you do all that, your board has all these stickers and and whatnot placed all over the place. You can't replay the game anymore. You can't redo it. It's just done. Once it's done, it's done. And that's like that's a really cool concept. But unfortunately, it's also the, the the more negative thing I have about a, a board game is if I want to play it again, I have to go buy it again. Yeah, exactly. Like the, And the nice thing with like the, the Pandemic games is they have seasons. So there's season one, season two, mm-hmm. season zero. Yeah. So like if you want to play that game again, you just get the next season rather than the same game. Exactly. Um, but I, and, I do and... like I do like the Jurassic World um, concept of just like, no, like you you play through it it's it's complete and then you can just kind of like keep going and keep like yeah. exploring and and looking at the stuff maybe that you didn't get to yeah and that's cuz there there will be boxes or 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 envelopes or something that you may not open when you play pandemic legacy or any other like like the child house on the hill legacy like there may be things you never get to see until you beat the game and then you get to open it up and check it out afterwards but then you ask the question like do I really want to open it up and check it out afterwards or what if I get to play this game again? Then I'm kind of spoiling those outcomes. Unless, uh, potentially, all of your games happen to go the same way each time. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, I'm, I'm super excited about this. I'm definitely going to get it. Um, and, and play it. I, one of the cool things, besides the miniatures looking fucking fantastic. Yeah. So detailed. Like, yeah, they were I, very I, cool miniatures. I, I, I didn't like, and I've talked about this with the guys there. Like, I have the Godzilla. Battle for Tokyo game that they made. Um, I've wanted my have my friends to paint those miniatures because they look amazing. I'm going to get somebody to paint these miniatures because they look amazing. But they also have uh, the Raptor Claw, and you use that to as a scratcher for like scratching off um, like the, the uh, like like if you're playing like a, the the lottery games or whatever, and you're, you're scratching off with a quarter. They gave you a little Raptor Claw to scratch off instead. Which is just like, this is the dumbest but coolest thing in the world. So if you're trying to unlock an ability for a character, 
you use the little raptor claw instead of like having to find a quarter or something. Yeah, I thought the and that claw was act was very cool. Yeah, it was. And then, and then just uh them uh uh just they they went all in on like the the uh the the presentation where like oh, they had to pull the like spare no expenses and things like that. Like they they just they were like we we have they went all in with the presentation. It was a very well done presentation. Yeah, like they they it wasn't like a demo of the game per se, but yeah. like they were able to convey everything about the game really well in in a limited time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and, and we should actually have some. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, some video about this. Yeah, later. we we were able to video uh, the entire presentation, so we're going to be putting that up on YouTube. Uh, Cobb still has. You're still going through it, making sure the audio sounds good, and whatever doesn't sound good, then we have to work with and figure out. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have a video of that. We also should be posting a video at some point. We still have to figure out how we're gonna do it of the uh the the five. Um, five seals of yeah, the five seals of magic that we played. <laughs> yes. uh, I wanted to say the five seals of mana, and then I thought maybe I was getting it wrong entirely. Um, as well as I, I want to put together like a little B roll type. Here's just what it all looks like, and here's some pictures and videos that I took throughout it that I want to post up as well. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of stuff coming out for this show in the near future, as well as potentially some some videos of us playing more of these board games that we got, uh, and maybe card games and whatnot. So keep an eye out on our other socials and YouTubes and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but other, uh, any other like less things you guys want to say about PAX this year? The return of PAX Unplugged? It it was so nice to be back. It yeah. It was so nice to be back at a convention in general, but like PAX, like specifically, like I, I've, I'll, I'll be honest, like I normally feel like I sh- I, I'm, I'm only down for like a day and I think I, w- I did only do like the last couple of times I only did go for a day, uh, or like a day or two and not the whole time. But this time, like going all weekend and, and checking out the, the whole thing. Um, it just, it, it, it's so nice to be back at a convention. Um, and hopefully I get a chance to go to more next year. Drew, you have anything? No, Richie summed it up pretty well. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Like PAX is one of the PAX, PAX Unplugged is like a, it's a different vibe to most conventions, and, like, that's a good thing. Like, everyone's generally just, like, cool and respectful of space and all that fun stuff. Nobody's, mm-hmm. like, super weird and shitty that, yeah. that like, I've ever run into. Whereas, like, at, like, comic conventions and anime conventions, like, th- there's always somebody there that's just kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's also, there's I, as far as I can tell, there's not a lot of board game conventions around. Like, not even around, just out there in general. Like, how often do you see a board game convention happen? Yeah, I mean, and, like that. Like, there's this. There's Gen Con. There's there's like a handful of them, but not nearly as many like as you would have like comic conventions and anime conventions and fucking Walking Dead conventions. Yeah, like there's like seven like different. There's seven different kinds of Walking Dead conventions in North Jersey alone. Like, no, I, yeah. I haven't seen those happen in a while, so I don't know if they're still doing them or not. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's probably because of the pandemic as well. Plus the oh, uh, you know what? That's true. Sucks anymore. Um, final season before they do like six more spinoffs. Thank God, then I can finally finish it. <laughs> like that's uh, what I'm waiting for now is for them to finish. Yeah, I dropped it like three years ago, and I just I have no intention I, of when going back. I I dropped it when uh when Rick left because I was like this is not this is not the I show. I finished anymore. that season. 
I I couldn't even finish that season. Yeah, like I got I got through the time skip after he left, and that that was it. And it's I don't even think I made it to the actual end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, how about them game awards? How about them? So full disclosure, I didn't watch the game awards, but I did see a lot of the announcements and trailers that came out of it. Yeah, um, I didn't watch it either. Um, it just I saw the stuff happening as it was airing, and I'm just like, wow, this is four hours of nothing good. I, I will say, um, congratulations to It Takes Two for a winning game of the year. That's uh, uh, that's honestly a shock to me. Uh, that was a I, shock to a lot of people. It was a shock to basically everyone. Yeah, but uh, like I've seen that game played by people. Um, the Neebs Gaming Crew, they have done, uh, I think they have two playthroughs of it, or two videos to play through it. Um, it is, it's a really well done game. It's really well made. The art is really cool. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it seems super fun. I was just like kind of blown away that, that, that it, that was, that got game of the year. Yeah. I, it's also very strange. It was up for like family game of the year. Uh huh. And that seems a little weird. I mean, cause why? Because it was, well, I mean, why, it's a why? game about divorce. <laughs> it's a game about mending relationships. Yeah, but the like whole- they're getting like the the whole premise is like it's two people that are unhappy and getting a divorce, and their kid makes a wish that turns them into like little yeah. like board game yeah. character things. Yeah, like that's just a weird family game topic. I mean, family things are always weird, uh, but like look at look at some of the topics that they would attack on like seventies family TV shows. I mean, you're not wrong, but yeah. So game awards, um. Yeah, it takes two won the top award. Deathloop won a couple awards. Um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy won like best narrative. Like, there just there wasn't anything like other than it takes two winning game of the year. There there wasn't anything too like crazy there, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of trailers. Yeah, um, yeah. And I know I sent the link to the trailers, and then I just I forget if I have it open. Do I have it open? Hey, I have it open. Um, were there any trailers in particular that uh, really stood out to you guys? Let's uh let's. Let's check them out myself. Um, Although I'd say, I, I, considering I can't remember any of them, probably not. But <laughs> um, I, do, I I saw the uh, the the uh, Elden Elden Ring um, uh, narrative trailer, which looked really cool, and it kind of filled up a little bit of that world. Um, as well as uh, you know, I got I got to throw it out, Sonic Man. Not even, not only just the movie, but the fucking game as well. Yeah, the game looks cool, and that. The uh the movie trailer was a good trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and th- there were there were a bunch of like good trailers. Like that, like I was what I saw was I was interested in, but I actually I tried to watch it earlier today. Watch some earlier today, and uh, I accidentally told IGN that I was three and not thirty three, and so it wasn't <laughs> letting me watch the trailers. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Um, and I even, like, closed out of my window, like, completely, like, had no Chrome windows open, went to go back into it, and it still thinks that I'm 3 and not 30. Nice. Yeah. Um, did you guys notice that there's some Telltale games happening? I did. I did see that there's some Telltales, like, trailers and whatnot, that, or, or, or something like that. So there's, out. so th- there's two different things re- kind of related to this. So there's a Star Trek game called Star Trek Resurgence. It's a post-the-next-generation game made by Telltale veterans. So just, the, obviously, people from that stu- studio. Um, but then there's also an Expanse game coming out that's called The Expanse, a Telltale series. And it's a prequel to The Expanse, the, the TV series, which I believe is an Amazon series. It's like a sci-fi show. Um, yeah. 
But that is being worked on with uh, Deck Nine, who is um, the studio that works on some of the Life is Strange stuff. Like they did um, tr- the most recent game, True Colors, and they also did the the prequel to the original Life is Strange before the storm. So I'm not okay. really sure, like, if the company that bought Telltale is just using the name. Sorry, I think Erica just got home and now the dogs are barking. Hang on. Sorry about that. I just closed the door to maybe muffle it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how that's working. I don't know if it's, like, Deck Nine is making the full game or if whatever company bought the Telltale name also, like, opened a studio. Mm-hmm. But either way, I mean, it, it could be something. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually excited uh, Warhammer Space Marine 2. Uh, I never actually got to play through all of the first one. I do own it on Steam, um, and I really liked it. I just never, never beat it, never played through it all. But like, I think it's been like what ten years since that came out, and people loved that one. Um, so they announced that, and then the Wonder Woman um, game using that they're making using the uh, uh, Nemesis system from because it's the same people who made the Shadow Mordor. So. Was it confirmed that they are actually using the Nemesis system? Because I know it's that studio. Like, it's Monolith Productions. I mean, I believe that's speculation more so than anything else. I don't really know if it was confirmed or not. But, like, from what everything I've heard, like, they're going to be using that. But I have no idea. I mean, idea. That, it like, would be very cool we, if they did. All we got was, a, like, a, a, a teaser trailer. That's it. We didn't get anything else. It's the 41, not a barely 50-second trailer. 41 seconds, I believe. And it doesn't really give us much. Yeah, it was just that, like, cinematic trailer. Uh, We also got that trailer for the Star Wars game, which I'm super torn on. Um, So it's Star Wars Eclipse. It's supposed to be set in the High Republic, like, 200 years before the prequel movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's being made by Quantic Dream. Yeah. So it's like, I really like the concept and, like, the era and everything. But uh, Quantic Dream is kind of a garbage studio run by a garbage human. Mm -hmm. So, you know. And like their games aren't they they don't they're not great. No. Like I tried playing um like I thought Detroit be- Become Human looked like it could be cool and like I tried playing it and like the character models and stuff are really good and they have good voice acting but like the games the game was not fun. I mean I mean I played Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls is really good. Um but I didn't know that it was a shitty company with a shitty head. Oh, da- David Cage is uh, is an actual piece of shit. Okay. Like, yep. they are one of those studios that has had a bunch of allegations come out about them, but because they're, like, small and privately owned, like, nothing really happens with it. Yeah. Which is a bummer. But, um, just going through this list, there was also that, um, the Unreal Engine 5 experience using the Matrix. Yeah, I haven't downloaded that. I know it's, like, a download thing or something you can do. You could watch it as well, but it's, like, a download thing you can do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interactive. Um, mm-hmm. so, and it's on, it's on the console and PC, and it, I, I watched the video for it, and it, it looks pretty cool. Like, I, I do want to download it myself at also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they showed off, like, the new Hellblade game, the new Plague Tale. Hellblade yeah, looks I, incredible. Hellblade does look incredible. I never played the first one, so I'm definitely going to uh, take the time. I believe it's on Game Pass. Definitely definitely going to take the time to check that out before this new one comes. Uh, but, what, like, whatever we were seeing, like, this giant, like, baby thing attacking her and whatnot... I was just like, holy shit, what the hell is that? I like super interesting with it. Yeah. We got a date for for Spoken, that weird um fantasy game with like the girl who appears to get like pulled into a fantasy world and has a talking bracelet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um that's coming May twenty fourth, which is way sooner than I expected it to be. Yeah. 
but I, yeah, I don't know. May May twenty fourth. That's not too too bad. Uh, no, I, I mean, mean that's like, not too like I I honestly I don't think I, I feel like that's like an adequate. I don't I don't think that's too early. Like I, I like like you're you're kind of like it's coming out a lot sooner than I expected. I feel like that's about right. They just revealed it. I think for the first time back in the fall. I'm used to Sony revealing stuff like three years in advance. I'm pretty sure they revealed it earlier than that. They may have dropped the name, but they didn't show us anything until just earlier this year. Like, because it, it was the, that Sony state of play in, like, September when they, like, really showed it off. And, wow, their Wikipedia page is just empty. Like, there is no information about this game. But, yeah, all, so the earliest article that's referenced in Wikipedia is from April. Okay. So it hasn't, it hasn't been a known quantity for very long. And, like, good on them for getting a, like, not revealing it like three years in advance and just sitting on it the way they do so often yeah um but yeah otherwise like i feel like it wasn't a bad game awards or like as far as like who won things and like what stuff they showed but i just feel like it it ran for like three and a half hours and like there really wasn't anything like major major shown off there there was a big chunk of awards where it was just jeff Keeley going here's the category and then they put up the nominees on the sidebar and here's the winner and then moved on and i felt like that was kind of shitty that's every year so it sucks like like it 100 percent sucks it definitely comes down to a they only get to put this show on because companies give them money to show off their games so he has to sacrifice the actual awards so that they can run more commercials and actually afford to like run out that big um uh arena place to do it all in and all that shit. Yeah, maybe make some different decisions. I don't disagree. Like that you call it the game awards and you really gloss over most of the awards. And, and like there's definitely I mean, you know, Oscars does it all of the award shows do it, but I felt like there was like weird decisions about what ones they chose to just completely gloss over it's like wait why would you just skip over get like having someone accept some of these and it was like okay that was weird yeah and that is a hundred percent every year like i have watched the last like three or four of these and like that's every year of this it's like yeah here is either jeff or like the the girl who does like the the pre-show just, like, running off, like, three or four awards real quick before they show another world premiere and then show some, like, random commercials. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, that like that is actually a huge bummer. Yeah, I've never watched it, and, and I probably never will. Like, they're not bad. Like, it's not like they're offensive to watch. Um, they're usually, like, entertaining enough because you do see a lot of trailers and everything. But I just feel like most of the trailers this year, like, they were all known quantities other than, like, that Sonic game and a couple other things. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the Wonder Woman thing would have been super cool, but it was just, like, a very short cinematic. Like, there wasn't anything about it. Yeah. And we didn't get any, like, reveals for anything, like, really major. Like, we didn't get any more, like, on, like, the Mass Effect game. Or they apparently just announced, like, today or yesterday that they, um, Ubisoft is officially making, remaking Splinter Cell. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there was nothing for, like, like, things like that. Things that would have been, like like newsworthy essentially. <laughs> yeah. And and it is it's kind of a bummer that nothing like that came out because that we went week a couple of weeks without like any major news or information dropping that like it, it was kind of just boring. Like uh well, I mean that's cool that like like I I'm, I'm super pumped for the Sonic stuff that they showed. There's even a couple of other games that they had on their um 
Arc Raiders looks interesting and, and stuff like that. But like you said, it was all known. Like most of it was known. Yeah, there so, there just wasn't that big like, oh, here's the date for Bayonetta 3 or Metroid Prime 4 or like something like that. Like something where people yeah. would have been like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. It's like, oh, that Forspoken game that we still don't know anything about is actually coming out way sooner than anyone realized. Nice. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, you guys want to talk about Jingle all the way, too? I guess we have to. I mean, we watched it. We should have watched it. I watched it. I watched it. I d- had it on. <laughs> I mean, that that is also what happened with me. But, like, I think I, think I, I absorbed enough of it to know Man. what the fuck was going on. Man, you guys cheated. Richie sat there on his couch with a bowl of popcorn and enjoyed every minute of Larry the Cable Guy. I enjoyed no minutes of he, Larry the Cable Guy. He enjoyed Actually, all the minutes of professional wrestler Santino Marella. Who I don't even know who that one was. Was he that was, his friend? Yeah. He was the friend? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I figured. Um, I, this was a bad movie. It was, man. It was... It has so many flaws. Like... I don't, it's such a lazy written movie where, like, uh-huh. the trope of, like, oh, we're, she's a product of divorce and she has to love me more than she loves her own dad. Wah! And I'm like, come the fuck on. That, like, that is such a lazy piece of writing just right there. And, and, like, I, I believe that girl had to have been, like, six. There's no six way she, eight. there's no way she writes that bad. Yo, seriously. That's my, no I way write she, that bad. <laughs> But you don't write, I want my family together, or whatever, and, and it looked like that. She she is not that young. She's She she had to have been, like, five or six. Like, she she knows I enough to... I feel like a six-year-old writes like that. I mean, to have such a for, for a... for a child of her age, whatever age she was, to have such a complete thought and not be able to actually write it down properly... Like, like that's that's just no. Dude, she that's may have a problem. learning disability, and now you're just being ableist. No, no, th- th- I'm just saying, like, it, it's just it's part of the poor writing of this movie. It's like, it, or the lazy writing, in, in my opinion. Like, it's just, I, it, it just, yeah, it was so bad, so, so bad. I can't so believe I will, it was even made. I will give it credit for being different from the original. Like, they didn't just literally retread the exact same story. Like. It was the same MacGuffin, but they at least they at least tried to come up with a different scenario. It, they didn't do a good job of it, but it at least just wasn't, you know, dad trying to get a toy for his kid, other dad trying to get the same toy for their kid, and they they constantly butt heads and fight. Like, in this movie, like, Larry and the other guy barely even interacted. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would have been better, I, I would have felt better about the movie if maybe they took away the whole toy thing and it was just... The dads one up each other the entire time. Like, it would have made for an even more, like, maybe not, not more boring movie, but, like, it would have made for probably an even more predictable movie out of the predictability of this game, of this thing, but it would have probably built a better movie and maybe a better story where instead of it being, oh, I have to get this toy, oh, I know he needs the toy, so I'm gonna buy it all, bullshit, and be, I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to one-up, 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 back and forth. Like, the, the, I feel like the little, like, back and forth one-up would have been a lot better than, than just a whole, I'm going to, I'm a rich man and I'm going to buy all the toys in town. Because, I'm sorry, I don't think that's, that, that, that could, that's, that's the least believable thing in, in, in this movie is that, 
this rich man would have been that much of an asshole. Actually, you know what? In today's society, it probably is the most believable thing that a rich man would be that much of an asshole to buy every toy just for his one stepdaughter because he's sad that his stepdaughter loves her dad more than him. Yeah, I think that's the bigger problem is, like, he wasn't actually, like, a bad guy. Like, he, the thing he did was wrong. But, like, he legitimately just wanted to be, like, a good stepdad and didn't want to be overshadowed by the real dad. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, a shitty way to go about it rather than just, like, talking to either of the other adults in the situation. But right? I, I, I'd have to disagree with you, though. Like, if... You being a stepdad, if your whole thing is to be better than the dad, who's not a bad guy, then, then you, then you are a bad guy. Like, his whole thing, like, he, he, he is, he is the antagonist of the movie, and his whole deal was, I'm upset that my stepdaughter, whom I've known for, I've only, I've only been married to her, her mom for a week now, um, like, she needs to love me more. No, fuck off. She doesn't. She doesn't need to have a relationship with you at all if she doesn't want it. But I mean, like, Cobb's point was like, they never made this guy out to be like some overall evil person. Like, he was not like, he he was not portrayed like Ebenezer Scrooge or any character like that where like everyone hated him until the moment they found out that he bought all the toys. And yeah. like, and he had legitimate remorse of like, oh God, like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it'd be different if he was just like, oh no, I just need to make you look like an asshole and it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. It only matters that I win. Like, he actually felt bad about what he did in the end. And it wasn't that like, you know, after school movie felt bad. It was just like, literally, the, when the two adults finally used their fucking words, everything was settled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. Like, it, it's a poorly written movie. Like, mm-hmm. again, like, the first the first one, not a, like, great movie either. It's It's got the nostalgia factor, and, like, it's a, like it's fun. But, like, it's at least one of those things where Sinbad's character is an asshole. Like, straight up. Yeah. Like, through that whole movie, he's an asshole. Arnold's not much better, but, like, he's Arnold. So, like, you kind of forgive it. Like, Larry the Cable Guy and... Tw- so... I 100% felt this fucking movie came out in, like, 2006, 7, when he was, like, peak, like, blue-collar comedy tour and shit like that. No. Um, this movie is from t- fucking 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, no, this was well past his heyday. Like, I haven't even heard of that guy in 15 fucking years, let alone, like, <laughs> six years ago. Yeah. So, it's just like, it, yeah, it, that, that whole thing, it was it was a poorly done fucking film. Yeah. Yep. It, it was. It was so... It was poorly done, it was lazy writing, it was weak, um, and it, it just, man, man, it was just not good, and... It was also very obvious, like, I, I said to yeah. Erica, like, very early on in the movie, like, right when they were reading her letter, I'm just like, it totally doesn't say the toy's name, it says something, like, goofy and selfless, like, she wants uh, to, like, donate things to somebody or whatever. Of course. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, obvious, yeah, you, yeah. And then, like, as the movie kept going on, I'm like, oh, yep, nope, she does not want this fucking toy. She's going to get this toy and be super bummed by it. Yeah. And it just, it it was, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. It was was predictable and, like, lazy writing. And I think the thing that wins over um, with the original one over this one is, like, like, Cobb, you kind of touched on it. Like, in the original one, stuff actually happened. Literally nothing happens in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and it's at least confrontations between the two opposing forces. Like, in yeah. this one, it's the rich guy sends his security guy to just go buy stuff before anybody else arrives. 
And then it's Larry going to a bunch of stores and being turned away and doing stupid shit. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, on top of that, when Larry gets the call to go buy the toy at the toy store, I'm sorry, I can't even go and buy more than two packs of Pokemon cards at Target right now. You really think they're going to let somebody buy the hot ticket item for every single one that they have there at this toy store? Come the fuck on. It was seven years ago. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a Still. small, it's a small locally owned toy store. They don't give a fuck as long as they're making making money. But they they at least they at least all of those like big plot holes like that they made they they commented on like when the dude showed up and bought all of the toys and somebody says, "Don't you have like a one per customer limit?" and the guy's just like, "No, it's just first come first serve." Or when they um when Larry and the the guy both get trapped in the uh the warehouse at the end and they both have fucking cell phones and they're just like you were trapped in here till tuesday they at least like five minutes later they both pulled out their phones you're like oh right we have cell phones oh there's no signal in here it's a big metal box yeah and and then and then just out of nowhere they have a uh like a a crane in in that fucking room oh it's a forklift that makes sense forklift but like yeah it's just it it a lot of those stupid plot holes were just come on now Come on, like the little kid was so predictable. Oh, 100%. when he when he when he was the bum, and the, it was like the little kid was like, "Why well, I, I need it?" And my family's not together, and when and and everything, and it and he was he's just a jerk off little kid who 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 like who was hired by the security guard. Which I'm sorry, what what security guard is gonna think? Oh, this self respecting man is going to dress like a bum and get this toy from Santa. Like, why would this security guard think that? And, why would plan, plan that far? Like, there's no reason he would have planned that. And, and then, the, I, I will say I did enjoy the, uh, the, 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 the bull riding scene where, like, that was the one thing that I was like, it wasn't fully predictable. I thought, like, he was going to lose somehow or, or they were going to find out he cheated. And not like, oh, first place was not the toy. It was something else. Like, that that was the one part where I was like, oh, that's actually good. I like that. Right. Yeah, no, that that one was actually funny. And he, he just wanted the fucking bear. And the other guy's yeah. just like, nope. Mm-hmm. It's going to my kid. My kid's going to have yeah. a good Christmas now. Fuck your kid. Yeah. And then at one point, I I started laughing, just um, but it wasn't at the movie. Well, it wasn't because of the movie, it was at the movie. And I was just like, this movie is so fucking stupid, while I'm laughing at it. And I'm laughing just at how stupid it was. Yeah, no, no, that, that tracks. That 100% yeah. tracks. Yeah. Um, but but hey, like, at, I, at least I, it's I, over and we never have to watch it again. Oh, uh, <laughs> man, I can't believe that thing was made. Oh, I remember what it was that made me laugh too at what was so stupid it was when he filled the fucking trailer with snow and then opened it up oh and oh, it was water? a wave of water that knocked him on his feet yeah that was a stupid scene like i'm just looking i'm like that seems like too much water to have rushed out of there oh absolutely like, that would have oh, leaked out of that truck long ago I, i'm also trying to figure out like where the hell does he live that he's that close to the mountains that he can go and get snow off the mountain and bring it down and it be hot enough to melt that snow that fast. Excuse me. And they also went ice fishing, like, yeah, the day before. The, yeah, a few days before, they went ice fishing and then drove with the fish not on ice, not in a cooler. Well, no, it probably wasn't a cooler. It's probably just one of those off-screen things you don't think about. But, like, yeah, they went ice fishing. And <laughs> they woke up at 6 o'clock to go ice fishing. 
Which Well look, the early bird gets like, the worm, dude. Yeah, but if you're gonna wake up at six o'clock to go ice fishing, it's because you would have already been ice fishing in the ice fishing area. You're not gonna drive three hours to get there at like eight, nine, ten o'clock to go ice fishing. Like they woke up at I, I like I don't know I don't know what time they actually got to ice fishing. But I, I like this is just me picking it apart and remembering every little thing of how stupid it was at this point. It's just it was I can't believe this this script was okayed and made, but then I remember that it's WWE Entertainment, and it makes sense. And you're almost a fan. (laughs) No. If anything, this pushes me further away from WWE. I don't know, man. I I feel like you're just, you're getting closer. I'm not. I'm not. You're you're making D&D characters that are wrestlers. You know, yes, I am. Because, (laughs) like... I, I, I like to be ridiculous in D&D. That's why I also have a character that's Tony Stark and a character that was a Power Ranger and a character who um, has literal diamond cutter nipples, like his nipples are diamonds. Um, I like to be ridiculous. You also seem to not be very original, man. Come on. Come up with your own ideas. I mean, what's what's more ridiculous than being Tony Stark in a Power Ranger? I mean, is it Tony Stark in a Power Ranger? Because that's super weird. I mean, I... Could have figured that out, but no, it's end a Power Ranger. It's two different characters. I'd say I'd say being a Power Ranger is the opposite of original because that thing is just a remake of another thing. That's fine. That it's makes true. it even more ridiculous, especially when the DM, after he finds out what my character is based off of, develops enemies who uh, then talk out of sync with their actual voice. Uh, you know what? That that's that's good. I'll give you that. <laughs> so one. we we ended up fighting like the equivalent of Rita and Goldar. And, like, any time he would talk as Rita, he would, like, mimic his mouth talking for a little bit before he would actually start saying anything. Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was that was our little book club mini, and boy, what a yeah. fucking what a disappointment mess that, was. that was. Was it really um, a disappointment? Like, Well, I guess it couldn't be – it can't be disappointing if I didn't have expectations for it to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. It was exactly what you expected. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it wasn't any worse than I expected it to be. Uh, but Rich, what was the what was the next one we were doing again? So the next one we're doing uh, is for next week. We're going to watch the night before Christmas. It is the 2019 um, Christmas special one shot that they did for Critical Role, where Liam O'Brien is the DM with a bunch of the cast and a couple of other people as players. Um, it is it is great. It is absolutely great. I love it. Uh, Cobb, once you, uh, watch this, you will understand why I call Travis Willingham a troll. Um. No, he's a gnome. No, he's a troll. (laughs) Travis Willingham himself is a troll. Just watch this. You'll understand. Um, but yeah, uh, check it out. It it is on, it's on their YouTube and it's probably about four hours long, but you could probably cut out maybe like a half hour or so depending on like their break in between if they have one which i think they do probably 15 minutes if they have any announcements in the beginning or whatnot yeah and yeah we'll be talking about that on next week's episode just in time for christmas yes but uh otherwise do you guys have anything else you want to talk about no nope all right well that will do it for this week then uh, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, you can go to your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. It's all beneficial. Uh, you can also find us on social media 
facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Otherwise, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye.